Welcome back to another recap of Married at First Sight. I am Moni. Today we are recapping season 15, episode 16. If this is your first time listening, just want to say thank you and I really do appreciate your time. If you are a return listener, I also want to say thank you uh, for coming back, of course. Um, and I really do appreciate your time as well. Okay, so let's go ahead and get into it. Okay, so what I like to do before I actually get into the episodes are to go over highlights. And highlights are, again, just something that stood out for me on each couple for the overall um, episode, right? So let's go ahead and look at Stasia and Nate. So with Stasia and Nate, what stuck out for me, Stasia stuck on needing to hear the words, I love you, right? While Nate is wanting Stasia to be patient with him and allow him the space, grace, and time to get there on his own. He feels that she doesn't see his actions because she is stuck on basically the word and the fact that he's not saying it. So that is what I got for my highlight for Stasia and Nate. Let's go ahead and and look at Christian and Mitch. Now, the thing that stood out for me with Christian and Mitch, Mitch has really come a long way. Praise, kudo. I'm so proud of you, Mitch. I mean, Mitch, excuse me. You have really, truly come a long way. Christian has been right there by his side, though. That's my girl. She's been patient and she has been supportive demanding what she needs in the relationship while also giving him grace and the time to get to where he is today. Okay. So anyway, that's what I have on them. Let's go to Justin and Alexis. So with Justin and Alexis, Justin's mentioning his coming to this revelation, right? That he has been, that has been in his head the whole time. Um, and It basically, to me, came across like Alexis is using this whole revelation thing as a place to hang her hat, right? Which I feel that was a big mistake on Justin. He should have never told her that his mom said this and that um, that he's always in his head. And so that's helped him come to this big revelation that whatever, and we'll definitely get into that once we talk about them. But it's almost like she was looking for a hat rack to just, you know, um, hang that hat on, but we're going to hear more about it later. Uh, okay. And then we get into Lindy and Miguel. Now with Lindy and Miguel, the highlight I got is Miguel appears very concerned about whether he will be able to manage Lindy's outrage. It appears to terrify him and I don't blame him. Um, as she herself puts it, uh, in the real world, after they're done with this experiment, Lindy feels controlled by Miguel, which leads him into, this very interesting conversation that they're going to have at the end of the episode. But we'll talk about that. But we're going to go ahead and get started with Stasia and Nate as our first couple. Okay, so here we are. We're going to go ahead and get started with Stasia and Nate. Now, the season, or excuse me, the episode opened up with all the couples basically at home in their apartments as they're getting ready. I know we're close to decision day, I think it's one or two days away, but at this point, they're going to be meeting with families and friends just to kind of go over, um, basically where they stand in the relationship, what they think about their spouse. And if, you know, if they see it kind of 
moving in a positive direction, okay? So we're going to go ahead and start off with Stasia. So Stasia will be meeting with her friend Jewel, and they meet in person. And Nate is meeting on FaceTime um, with his father and a friend. I'm unclear who the friend was. But so Stasia shares with Jewel, because Jewel asked Stasia, so how are things going? So she said there are several things that she's concerned about when it comes to Nate. Now, she also she mentioned first that she's concerned about his insecurities. And when I say insecurities, I mean in terms of his most recent concern, which was, okay, well, if I live with you, what happens down the road if something happens and you put me out? I'm basically homeless, right? That's what she's speaking of more specifically when she's referring to the insecurity. So then Joel, what I love about Joel is that she's very understanding and she was like, okay, well, I can kind of see that, right? Because coming from Nate, who's a man and okay, pause for a second. So not all men, I'm not saying that there are some men that move into women's home and they're fine with it, right? They don't have any issues or concerns and there are no insecurities there or whatever have you. But there are cases and there are some men who probably A, won't even move in to a woman's place. And there are some men who don't feel comfortable moving into a woman's home because again of that, I guess, control factor or, um, you know, vulnerability factor or, um, you know, some other factors and other things that contribute into some why men obviously don't feel comfortable um, moving into a woman's home. They would prefer that they either buy something together. Um, so, you know, they feel that they have a little bit of stake as well in that you know, relationship. But anyway, so that Jill said she could understand where Nate was coming from. So Stasia, the other thing is that she feels that Nate is lacking relationship experience because as we already all know, he hasn't really been in a lot of relationships. He's had some girlfriends and some intimate partners, but no serious long-term relationships. Now, she did mention to Jewel that she, I think Nate had told her he lived with a woman uh, for two years. And when Stasia asked him, well, did you love her? He said, no, he didn't love her. He cared about her and had feelings for her, but he was in love with her. So that starts this thing that we're going to get into later where Stasia says that she feels that he just kind of goes with the motion, flows, you know, just kind of goes with things. And he really does take offense to this a little bit later, but that is a concern of hers. She doesn't want them just playing house, right? He's just going to move in and we're just going through the motion and it really, all of this really doesn't mean anything to him. Like at the end of the day, he doesn't even love me. So now Nate, who's still talk, who's talking with his dad. And so Nate says, because, you know, they're asking Nate how things are going and how he feels, you know, at the pursuit, the closer they're getting to decision day. So Nate is, says that he's afraid of losing himself and his identity, right? And he feels vulnerable in this very moment, this very moment of, oh crap, I've got one or two days to decide what I'm going to do. And if I say yes, it's going to change my life forever. If I say no, my life will just go back to being what it was, right? Uh, now, his father reassures him that it makes sense that he would feel nervous, um, have anxiety, feel a sense of vulnerability, right? Um, but he says it's all nerves and that he'll be fine. <laughs> In most cases, everybody, everyone, before they get married, there is that, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Let me think things over. Is she the one? You know, things like that. Uh, Nate brings up that Sasha is 37 and she wants to have kids like, okay, yesterday. Okay. Well, he didn't say yesterday, but you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but 
And so I think it was one of the, the friend, the other friend who was on the FaceTime said, well, don't you want kids? And he said, well, don't get me wrong. I do want kids, but I also want to make sure that I'm financially stable. Uh, Nate, of course, excuse me, Stasha, of course, who wants to have kids like right now today uh, and who believes that, you know, you can still have kids and have fun is the opposite of Nate who, where Nate doesn't understand where she's coming from with that because Nate's thing is, well, okay, if you have kids, it requires that to be a good parent, you have to be committed and res- and responsible to your kids. So you can't go out and just, I guess, go on vacation and take trips and go out on dinner dates or whatever. And where Nate's father basically is telling him that just because you have kids doesn't mean that your life is over, right? You can still be a committed and responsible parent and live your best life, right? L- life doesn't end just because you have children. Um, but anyway... So when they asked him about decision day, uh, Nate said that he wants to make sure that he is mentally ready for this next journey chapter, right? And he does not want to feel pressured. And again, I think we all get that, right? So, and I think he doesn't want to feel pressured, I think specifically by, um, of course, obviously, obviously, Sasha, and then probably number two, he would probably feel by production or, you know, the show. So I know that they were in a group setting where all the couples kind of came together. I really didn't include all of those little side conversations in my notes because they were kind of repeat stuff that they already have talked about or would talk about with their individual um, spouses. But I know that I didn't note that Stacia's concern was that she feels that Nate listens to outside influences over her as his wife. And again, the specific outside influence she was referring to was about Nate having a conversation about having children with his father and that his father reassured him that it's okay to have kids and still live your best life. It doesn't make you a bad parent. Stasia's issue is that, okay, well, I said that to you. I told you that, but I guess it didn't mean anything when I said it, but when your father said it, that's when the light bulb went off in your head, like, ah, you know, but also Stasia, be mindful. His father is a parent. You're not a parent. You don't have kids. So he's going to listen to his father because A, that's his father. And second, his father raised him. He has a certain level of respect for his father raising him. Uh, I don't want, I want to say as a single dad, but I don't remember. But the fact that his father raised him when his mother at 25, when she was pregnant with him at a young age, decided not to, right? So I think some of that is influence in his thought. But anyway, I digress. (laughs) So we get to a vineyard, right? So Stasia and Nate, they're going to go have wine at this beautiful vineyard, wine vineyard. So Stasia, somehow we get into conversation about love. And so Stasia brings up, you know, where is he in regards to his feelings for her, his love for her, etc. And he basically just said, I'm not there yet. And that's something that I noted that I really do love about Nate is that he's more expressive, the more vulnerable that he feels. Does that make sense? Like, and he is 10 toes down too, when he's doing this, like, it's like, he's open. Um, he's honest and he's truthful. Like he is going to give it to you. And I love that. 
about that serious side of Nate when that comes out. Anyway, so she said she doesn't want to be in a loveless marriage. Again, he has expressed already, pause, that he cares about her. Um, obviously, there are chemistry there. And even Sasha, I forgot to mention, when we, to go, just to go back, when she was meeting with Jewel, she said, we have a lot of things in common. Things are great. I understand him. We sort of like the same things. There are just these kind of three or four things that kind of concern me here. Nate, same thing. Nate is saying that they have great chemistry. He finds her attractive. She's smart. She's beautiful. She's all these things. He's also just kind of concerned about a couple of things here and there. But he may not have said, I am in love. I love you, Stasia. But he has said, I am falling in love with you. I care about you and all those other things. Because she's not hearing the exact words that she's looking for or verbiage, that's where all of this loveless stuff is coming from. And also, just one more thing, pause. She did say at the beginning of the season that if I don't get an I love you by decision day, which is now one or two days away, and they're having this blow up, that she will, you know, she can't do it. She'll have to say no. But anyway, I digress. So she said that she doesn't want to be in a loveless marriage. And also, I just mentioned that this is her second or third time really saying this. And, um, and also that she would not be able to say yes on decision day without it. So I've already just covered that. Um, his issue is that he worries that he'll never be enough for her or that he can't give her what she needs. Um, so they get into this whole talk about feelings, um, which I think I said, I don't know, I think it was the first episode or second episode I did. It's important to recognize the other person's feeling. I know sometimes I'll speak and then when I speak, I'll emphasize certain things. <laughs> it's only because I'm really trying to get my point across. And feelings is something that I will always say because I want to make sure as I'm talking about a particular couple or an individual, if in my, you know, if in my observation, I'm really picking up something very strongly, I will emphasize that. So I will say, Nate feels, or I'll say Stasia feels, because it's like, I want to acknowledge that those feelings are very important. And sometimes people overlook the other person's feelings, right? And that feelings are emotions. It's, it's who we are. So if someone is expressing it, don't overlook it, try to understand it. But anyway, and again, these are just my observations. I'm not a psychologist or a therapist. <laughs> I'm just a observant and I've been around a long time and I understand life. We've all dated. We've been in relationships, right? And sometimes I'm just in tune. We're just in tune with certain things. That's all. But I'm not saying I'm a professional. I just enjoy talking about the show and I'm just giving my point of view. Okay. <laughs> just the one anybody to say, well, who do you think you are? I'm nobody. <laughs> I'm just sharing my love of the show and just what I'm picking up about the couples. Okay. Now, Nate said um, that, now where was I? Now, he gets up, he gets upset, and he walks away. I forgot about that. So they come back and meet up again after commercial to pick up the conversation. And again, I mentioned that I love when he stands his ground, says what he wants to say, head high, chin up, and, you know, and verbalize it out however you take it i don't think anything that he ever said was never disrespectful it was just truthful his emotions his feelings at the time um but he was never like disrespectful um 
I've never seen him be disrespectful towards Tasha. No, he may not have said some things that she didn't want to hear, or she he may have he may not have said some things that she actually wanted to hear. But he was honest in where he was standing at that moment. Anyway, so Nate says that he feels hurt when Stasia says that he's just going through the motions, right, in relationships. And I feel that at this point, because it's almost like he got upset again because uh, she had brought that, you know, going through the motions thing. And he gets upset, but again, it's misplaced anger. Because although I understand that he's upset with the fact that she is saying um, you're just going through the motions, your past relationship shows it, you never told anybody you love them, and you live with someone for two years and nothing came out. You know, it's, I understand what she's saying. He's not really upset about that. It's the, you know, what we talked about earlier with his dad. It, it's the losing the identity, the vulnerability, and the pressure of decision day just being a few days away. And... The decision he made can either go left or go right. And that's what I mean when I say by misplaced anger. Um, so Stasia asks what Nate enjoys about being married to her. Um, and I believe that they, this is finally at the point when they made it back home and they're laying up in bed and they're just kind of talking. They still haven't reconnected. You can kind of still feel a little bit of the tension in the bedroom. You know, she's on one side of the headboard. He's on the other. He's got his do-rag on. <laughs> And, uh, you know, she's trying to connect with him, but it's, she's in this moment, too, I can sense where she's like, okay, well, let me go ahead and ask some real deep core questions here because I really need to know. I need to have my answer ready to go. So she asked him how he feels about being married to her, and he said, you know, best part about it is the friendship. And I, can, I just have noted that she looked terrified. <laughs> um, but... I can understand. Of course, you're thinking, granted, again, Stasia, it's only been eight weeks. Um, okay. Friendship is important in a marriage, right? In a relationship. It should be deeper than that. But again, it's been eight weeks and a process that is not done anywhere else as far as in the States anywhere. I know they do this in some foreign countries. But yeah, just to marry someone blindly and meet them for the first time at the altar. Yeah, I get it. So you have to give him time again. But just the fact that there is friendship there is a good thing. That's at least it's headed in the right direction. And again, we already know that he cares for her. I guess he probably just didn't want to say too much more because they've already had a long day. They've already had the discussion and he doesn't want to keep repeating himself. So I get it. But anyway, so they get into this back and forth discussion about the tools because her concern was, well, you didn't use the tools that the expert gave us, that Dr. Pepper gave us, uh, when she said that, you know, whenever we're having these sort of real deep conversations or arguments or, you know, whatever, that we should hold hands because that will help um, alleviate some of that tension. And so his issue was that Nate... Um, I'm okay. I'm sorry that I didn't hold your hand at that moment because I was upset, right? And I'd walk away or whatever. But later, when I did come back, I don't know. I think he said an hour or two hours later when we did reconnect, I did hold your hand. So I may not have held your hand in that moment, but I did come back. Sasha's issue is that, well, that's not what Dr. Pepper said. She said, in that moment, we should hold hands. But at the same time, understand what Nate is saying. It's like, okay, look, this is all new. I'm, we're still learning each other. It's only been eight weeks. And if I'm not wrong, I think this, their, this is their first or second big argument, I think. 
And so he still needs to learn and get into, oh, I need to grab her hand, right? That may take time. It's not going to happen instantly. So she needs to give him time and grace with that as well. But his issue, again, is that it doesn't matter what I do. I can keep trying and you don't see it. His thing is, I didn't hold your hand the first time. I get it. But I did come back and try to talk to you and hold your hand. She acknowledged that he did the second time. Her issue is that you didn't the first time. So anyway, and lastly, um, I, he, I have written here that Nate says that he will always choose happiness over marriage any day and the period. <laughs> now, I don't remember how they got into that. I'm sure that it was something that Stasia asked him. I just didn't remember. But I just, that is so Nate. And he says, I'm going to always choose happiness over marriage any day. So this is interesting to see. I'm not really sure how this is going to turn out. If you just ask me right now, don't hold me to it. <laughs> and I did also do a video, by the way, or an audio I just posted a couple of days ago where I did the coupling and I did it at the beginning of the season. Again, this was when they were doing a matching process before uh, the couples were the, before the first we even saw the couples, let me put it that way, when they were just showing the expert matching people together. I said that these two would, uh, I said that these two would stay together, I think, if I'm not wrong. So here we are, that they would say, yes, excuse me. So here we are today, um, you know, a week before the season ends. So I'm going to say that they're going to work through their issues. And I believe that Stasia is going to say yes, and that Nate will say yes. All right, so we'll leave it there. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and go into our next couple, which is Christian and Mitch. So see you on the other side. Thanks. Okay, so here we are. We're going to go ahead and get into Christian and Mitch. Now, we know that, well, it opens up with Christian giving Mitch a facial. And, of course, eventually Mitch gives Christian a facial. So it was simple, really not much to talk about here. But again, these two are just having fun. Um, and this makes for a great bonding time, right, <laughs> for these two. So I'm happy to see it. Now, we get ready to talk to our friends, right? So Mitch is going to meet with his brother, Matt. And then Christian is going to meet with a friend of hers named Lila. Okay, so they're both meeting with them to talk about their concerns about the relationship about their spouses and about the fear of you know the new world or the new life to, to come right and how they should progress basically all right so lila asks really good questions just in general and she listens to christian and she also does get christian to kind of open up a little bit but in a nutshell so christian is basically saying to lila that she really is in a good place which Mitch they have come a long way in which we all agree right uh she says that she's done a lot of the heavy lifting she didn't use these words I'm using that but she said she's she's put herself out there which she has um over the past eight weeks and now she's done she says at this point she knows that she wants to be with him so she's willing you know to, to say yes but she needs him to scream from the mountaintop <laughs> that he wants her and wants a life with her in it oh that's so sweet i love that 
So now Mitch is meeting with his brother, Matt, uh, and what he says, Mitch is telling his brother, Matt, that he loves Christian and even more uh, when she is her true self and that she is really funny, like she has a, a great personality and that they complement one another. He says that he has to figure out his issue is that he needs to figure out what it's like to be married in real life. Okay. Because he's been married for the past eight weeks, but in this kind of extended stay vacation that includes marriage, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, now he recognizes that the last eight weeks in his mind hasn't been real. Why? Because remember he said it, it's been outside of his real world and his real world, as he puts it, um, includes surfing, getting up every day, exercising, going to the, going to work, excuse me, being on the beach, being on the water. And he said, all of that has been taken away from him. And so when all of that has been extracted, he feels like he's living another life, right? Like, okay, that's my real life over there, but Okay, this is just something else I've signed up and agreed to do. But someday I'm going to rejoin that life. And it's almost like when you go on vacation, right? So you go on vacation, you go to Jamaica or Mexico or, or Italy or whatever, France. And it's like, oh, man, this is nice. And then what happens whenever you come back to the real world? It's like, okay, now I got to go back to the real world. Now I got to go back to work, right? So in your mind, you separate the two. And that's what's happened here with Mitch. All right. So... Matt asked Mitch, so when it's just, let me just ask you a question. Because what I, he's listening attentively. So everything that Mitch is saying, he's like, mm-hmm. But with a comeback, right? Mitch says something else, and I can see his eyes and his mind wandering. And he goes, but. So each time it's like, bam, and bam. And I like that because he's not just sitting there like a statue, just listening. But he's taking in, and then he's probing more. He's getting... Um, Mitch, excuse me, to dig a little deeper and dig a little deeper. Okay, let me get off that soapbox. But <laughs> thanks for bearing with me. But Matt asks Mitch, so when it's just the two of you in the car, do you guys talk? Do you laugh? Do you enjoy her company? And of course, Mitch's answer was yes, 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 yes to everything. He enjoys her company. They laugh. They have a good time. They talk. And of course, Luna, I believe it's the dog's name. I'm starting to learn the, the dog's name. I, I think it's Luna. I don't know. I might be wrong. <laughs> Tweet me if I'm wrong. <laughs> so, um, but he says yes to all of that. And so he says he does love her. Um, it's just that he's not in love with her and that that's going to take time. And he's just not there yet. Again, same issue Nate is having. And we've already talked about that. I get it. So he asked his brother, well, how, how do I express that to her without it being that he doesn't want to be with her? Because that's not the case. It's not that he doesn't want to be with her. He does. Um, and then he says he still wants to figure out how, his dilemma is that he wants to figure out how to merge the two. The two being his real world, which I talked about. And this extended stay vacation that includes marriage world <laughs> how does he because the extended stay is over right how does he merge the two into one 
cautiously, right? So Matt makes a recommendation about telling Christian the truth. Just truly let her know how you feel. Let her know that you're scared. Let her know that first that you want to be with her and that you want to say yes, right? <laughs> Let's make that clear. But um, you want to, and tell her also that you want to take this into the real world, but you need help from her, of course, in finding out how to blend the two gently and slowly. Um, so it's like this crash and burn thing, right? So anyway, that was it. Matt is a great listener, asks great questions. You can tell that he is invested, not only because it's his brother, but because he cares about him and he wants the best for him, right? So anyway, so Christian and Matt go to dinner. Christian and Mitch, excuse me, they go to dinner. And I was thinking to myself, okay, Christian girl, I see you, you know, brought the girls out to the party. <laughs> so when she took her jacket off, I was like, okay, I see you, Christian. I see what you're doing. Uh, but anyway, so she asks Mitch what life would look like, right? If they both said yes. And he says that he wants, oh, actually, you know what? I don't know if I'm getting it. Anyway, there was a question posed about what the real world would look like after this process. Let's put it that way. And I remember Mitch saying that he wants life to look normal. And Christian was saying that she doesn't want any gray. She doesn't want to be conflicted. She doesn't want to be confused. She wants to know what's what. She wants things that are concrete and set. So I get that. Um, and Mitch is saying that the issue that he has about he wants things to look normal. Again, that's going back to his, his safe space, right? Because he was talking about his real life, the surfing, the exercise, work, you know, the water, the beach. So how do we make, how do, how do I not give you gray, but also give me normal, right? That's what I'm hearing. So, and long story short, there was a lot of good stuff here, but Mitch takes the opportunity and this time, again, just, well, I think this may have been the first or second time he's done this, but he just officially wants to apologize to her again for his, reckless behavior at the honeymoon and the beginning of the season when he was just too much in his head um, being a jerk trying to stand his ground <laughs> uh, because he may have felt that people were trying to change him and he didn't want to conform right he thought I guess the show or um, Christian was trying to change him and so he came into this process with that you know old way of thinking, um, which is not really what the show is about. They're not trying to change you. But anyway, so Mitch thanks Christian for helping him become a better person um, and that he is more self-reflectant. Um, he tells her that she's beautiful, that he loves her, and he finally said it. This was the mountaintop that she wanted. He said that he's afraid of losing her. And I, if I'm not wrong, I believe that she shed a tear uh, when he said that. And I think that's what she kind of needed. So it's like, okay, he says he doesn't, he's afraid of losing me. Basically, he doesn't want to live without me. And like, wow, they've come a long way. So they really do carefully have to figure out how to merge their two lives together. Now, um, they end up the night, of course. It's their last night together um, before they kind of have a, a day or two days apart before um, making their final decision. And so they decide to just, you know, call it a night and, uh, and they go to bed, I believe, with Luna. 
So that is it for um, Mitch and Christian. So what do I think is going to happen here? Okay. I think it's a yes. It's a yes for Christian and a yes for Mitch as far as staying married on decision day. Um, yeah, I do believe that one strongly. I hope I'm not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's where my answer is now. And I believe my answer on the original video I did at the beginning of the season, I think was a no. And I did some other cool things too. I did, well, do you think who, which couple do you think finds the other one attractive? Do you think they'll make it past decision day? Do you think they'll break up before decision day? And then, and then who will also last after decision day? So anyway, you can go back and watch or listen, excuse me, to that audio. Okay, so we're going to go ahead next into Justin and Alexis. So I will see you on the other side. Thanks. All right, so we're going to go ahead and get into Justin and Alexis now. Now, just like all the other couples, Justin and Alexis are about to meet with their families. They're specifically going to be speaking with their moms. So Alexis is basically getting ready to talk to her mom and um, both of these conversations will be on FaceTime. Now her mom asked her, so what does she think she's going to do, right? How are things looking? What do you think? Do you think you're going to say yes on decision day? And Alexis basically says, look, mom, he's a nice guy. There are great qualities about him, but I'm just split. And I think she's talking about that 90% thing, which I've already harped on that. She is not split. And her mom basically tells her um, that she needs to stop running. Because remember, Alexis said she was a track star. <laughs> She's always running from relationship to relationship. As soon as something happens or something um, doesn't go her way, uh, she'll leave. So anyway, uh, so her mom tells her that she basically needs to sit down and figure it out. Um, she has one or two days left and uh, that she needs to make the decision that's going to be best for her, even if it hurts the other person. Now, Justin is talking with his mom and Justin tells his mom, somehow we get into this conversation about domination. And he tells his mom that Alexis wants to be dominated, but as someone, as someone who is reserved like himself, that he also wants to be dominated. So, and I guess initially when I heard it the first time, I was thinking, what? <laughs> but he later, I think, spoke to it with Alexis or someone, and he, or maybe it could have been in his one-on-one, -on -one, and he basically said that when he says that he as well wants to be dominated, is that, okay, oh, no, he was talking to his mom, yes. He said that he also uh, wants to feel wanted, right? That he, basically, in other words, pause, that he would like for her to make advances at him. He would like for her to show affection. And I don't mean the putting the hand on the knee and, and, and leaning your head on the shoulder. I mean, that's not real affection. He wants, mainly at the end of the day, to feel that she desires him. And he's not getting those feelings because she doesn't have those feelings. And that is what he means that when he says, maybe it's just a bad choice of words, but that's what he meant when he said that. And that's because this is what he said. I'm not just coming up with this. He said those exact things that he wants to feel needed. He wants to feel desired by her. And so if she can show that in some form of dominance, um, but she doesn't. So anyway, that's what he was talking about. So his mom then tells him that he probably just needs to get a little freaky, right? 
down for that, but <laughs> but I don't think that's the issue, Mom. But good try. Um, his mom also says that you know a lot of times, and she knows him because she's like you know I'm your mom, you're my son, and just you know watching you over the years. Sometimes you tend to get in your head about things, and and she feels that sometimes that may hinder him and maybe that's hindering their relationship because maybe he's thinking about something so much and once it gets in his head that's that's it right and so he gets stuck there and I guess perhaps when she said this this was this revelation that um apparently that Justin has come to I I I didn't think it was a thing actually but so that was really it. There wasn't really much from these two conversations except for Alexis's mom just basically telling her that she just needs to make the best decision for herself. And then Justin's mom also just, in a nutshell, just saying, hey, look, if, you, if you've given it your all and you've done your best and it just didn't work out, then it's okay to walk away from that. Okay, so Justin and Alexis, they get ready to... And I know I, I just want to pause for a second here. I know I didn't mention anything in any of my recaps here with these couples about the, was it the car bump or bumper car rider thing going, driving around through the city? I do want to say real quick, <laughs> I thought it was going to be one of those kind of like, um, you know, roped in or whatever you want to call it, um, bumper thing where you get in. I didn't realize that they actually went out onto the roads because I was watching and I was just coming home. So I was in the middle of, you know, doing things. But when I actually sat down to rewatch and I was thinking, oh my gosh, they're out on the main road with these things. And the way that Alexis was driving was pretty reckless. I know it's, it's okay to kind of have a competitive spirit, but you got people lives in here and then homeboys just chucked in the back seat and I don't know how he just looked like he was sitting there comfortably with those long legs I don't know how he did it I'm talking about Justin but yeah all the other couples like whoa I think Miguel even said that's dangerous I think Alexis is just kind of flying through here and there are other vehicles on the road but anyway I just had to mention that um but yeah please be careful um when you're driving bumper cars <laughs> But anyway, they're at dinner, and so Justin surprises her uh, with sunflowers, and uh, she seems nervously pleased, <laughs> if that's a thing. Uh, so they started talking about decision day and and basically how they were feeling, and Justin brings up the conversation that he had with his mom, uh, and that what his mom said about you know him always being in his head. And now he says that he's had the revelation that perhaps maybe he's been the cause of some of their issue. Uh, no, <laughs> you haven't been the cause, no. And I'm thinking to myself, pause for a second. Why, Justin, are you even saying this? Because I feel like, and I can see the twitch in Alexis's eye, like this is perfect. I can use this as the plot. I can use this as the reason why things didn't work out for us because they it never had a chance because he was always in his head, right? We'll come back to that. Anyway, he talks about the revelation. So Alexis is saying that she's glad to hear this, obviously, as I was just saying. And she's basically at this point really just trying to put the ownership on him 
And she talks about this being a tough decision. She doesn't know if they've used all the tools as well that they were given in this experiment. Um, and that this process is not about finding, well, best friend at first sight, that it's about married at first sight. And um, she was saying that she just thinks that perhaps it's just best that, you know, we be friends. A couple of things. So I'm thinking she's giving Justin the answer that he was looking for last week, right? When he was saying, okay, well, what do you think? Or the text message that he sent her or whatever it was that when he asked her, where do you think you stand come decision day? And she was saying that she would, she didn't know, or she said she was at 90% or she wouldn't give him an answer, give him an answer, excuse me. And I think she's kind of saying it right here, um, that it's going to be a no, bud. <laughs> I think we're better as friends. That's your answer right there, Justin. What else do you need? Um, yeah, I was about to give my, uh, I'll wait to the end. So, A, she, I didn't take any further notes at this point, but as you guys remember for the rest of the episode, that's all she talked about with this revelation thing, this revelation thing. And in, in a sense, it almost seems as if she was putting it, like I said, on him. Like, ah, okay, so it wasn't me. Uh, there we go, guys. See, the reason this relationship never really had a chance is because Justin was in his head there and his mom helped him realize that two days before decision day i couldn't have done anything with this that's what she wants us to believe i, I i'm not buying it i'm going to leave it at that later on they're in bed there isn't really much here they're just talking and i believe they're in bed or he was packing on his way out i can't remember what was going on but i remember her saying that um, she was his number one fan. And I was thinking, really, Alexis? Uh, okay, I'm so, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> it's almost over. We, got, we have one more couple left, and that is Lindy and Miguel, our favorite couple, right? So we're going to go ahead and wrap up Justin and Alexis. We'll see what happens with them next week. What do I think? I can hear you guys saying, okay, what do you think? Okay, well, I think that oh no what am i talking about this shouldn't be a delay no they're not they're, it's a both i don't know if it's both no's but they will not remain together after decision day so if justin was smart he would just say no because i really do believe that she's gonna say no but i think i also remember mentioning a few weeks back that if she feels that he's gonna say yes she might just say no just again to take the burden and the responsibility out of the relationship not working out off on her but either way, regardless of who says yes or no, these two, it's a wrap on decision day. Okay, so let's go ahead and get into Lindy and Miguel. Thanks. All right, so we are here um, talking about Lindy and Miguel, our final couple of the uh, podcast for today. Okay, just like everyone else, right? I already said it. They're meeting with family and friends. So Lindy is FaceTiming with her sister, Candace, who they definitely do resemble, especially when Candace is looking to the side. All right. And so we'll start off with them because I don't. Well, anyway, we'll just pick up from here. So this it starts off with Lindy just sharing her feelings. Well, it really starts off with Candace doing the little role play with, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm easily distracted. I believe that was a setup, but I'm not even going to give it any play. So Lindy shares her feelings about Miguel and how different they are, um, how he is easily bothered when 
she gets distracted. So Candace says that, again, I'm just summarizing the conversation because we've all watched it, but basically Candace says that they just need to figure out the dynamics of their relationship. She says, in the moment of those passionate, intense conversations, or in other words, uh, Lindy, when you attend, not a 4.5, don't lie to yourself, girl, you attend. <laughs> in those moments when you're, you know, your, your tone is elevated and you guys are going back and forth, because although Miguel doesn't get elevated, he, just, he does kind of back off a little bit and just kind of watches. Maybe he might be a little snarky with his words, but Lindy is a 10, okay, with all the MFs and the S this and the how the hell and who, who do you think? I mean, girlfriend is a 10. So in those moments, Sister Candace was saying <laughs> that they should have a way to figure out who needs the care in that moment. Okay, so when I don't, okay, pause, because I'm thinking to myself, I'm remembering the conversation with the insurance card, right? Remember at the beginning? So Lindy was going off about, remember in bed on the pillow, you know, how do you expect me to take your last name, etc. And Miguel was just kind of just stunned, like, huh? In that moment, who needed the care? Although he didn't really argue with her, he didn't say anything, he was just kind of being observant and because this was still early and just taking it in and just listening i guess he was giving her the moment the care in the moment right because he didn't really argue with her he just kind of listened so but i so i don't know so that's where it gets tricky because i because my thing is how you did how do you figure out who needs the care in the moment let's even go to the couple's retreat when Again, he doesn't yell or scream or curse or do any of those things, right? But he does get moody and, you know, snarky and, you know, just stupid. <laughs> so in that moment and her crying, who needs the care in the moment, right? Is it Miguel, whose real issue is that he's tired <laughs> and he's stressed and he had a long week and there were some other personal dynamics going on in his personal life. And then here he is, he's got to go tape the show for the weekend with a bunch of other people, right? So all of that is bottled up. So he's got that going on. And then you've got Lindy, who's just, it's her prom <laughs> weekend, right? She's going to be the prom queen. And um, this is her first prom because she didn't have one when she was younger, and she's just trying to live her best life. And now she's been fighting with her husband all weekend, right? And all she's trying to do is just be happy. And she doesn't understand why he's being mean to her. So it's like, who needs the care in that moment? Uh, I guess we would all say Lindy, right? Because it's like, wait a minute, what's going on? This all started because I just asked you to take pictures. <laughs> but, you know, that we all know that there were other dynam dynamics there. But so, yeah, so how do you, my, so, Okay, sorry, off pause, going back. So so when Lindy's sister Candace is saying, you know, you have to figure out the way to fix this when you guys are in that moment is determined, is to determine who needs the care in that moment and let the care go there. Basically meaning the other person should fall back. Anyway, I don't want to hop on that too much. I digress. But I like what she's saying, but I'm just trying to figure out who would get the care 
because right because the other person in this case i was just talking about if i'm saying okay yeah well lindy should get the care because you're acting like a butt right well he might be like well wait a minute I've had a rough week and I got to come out here and do this. Shouldn't I get the care? Like, how do you, you know, figure out who gets the care anyway? So they go to a vineyard, right? And they're going to go, you know, have their last dinner gathering, lunch gathering, whatever you want to call it, um, before they break off for a day or two before decision day. So Miguel admits like, hey, look, let's just take a second. I want to apologize to you. I owe that to you. And because he admits that he was wrong on the last vineyard outing that they went on a couple of weeks ago on the couple's retreat, that he was just out of pocket. Uh, he says that he was being sensitive and overreactive, right? Correct. Ding, ding. <laughs> he says that sometimes her strong personality, the ones I was just talking about, throws him off sometimes and it leaves him feeling helpless. Now he didn't say that those are my words, but I can read that in his eye. If you just, let's go back, pause for a second. If we go back to them in bed a few weeks before when, uh, excuse me, at the beginning of the season, when the whole thing with the insurance card and she was going off, he sat back, didn't say much and just kind of looked at her and his eyes were squinting. And he felt, I think, helpless because it was like okay well i know i'm just meeting her we've been married only a few weeks where is this coming from and what am i supposed to do with it right and again same thing when you know i think it was this episode or last week when she was going off a little bit and you know he's sitting there like okay what am i supposed to do with this and in those thoughts he's thinking do i want to deal with this every time every day right it's just little bits and then the little bits are just like, whoa, this is too much. So can you imagine this permanently? We'll continue. So he says that she's very theatric and um, he needs to learn how to be the pillar of strength that she needs. Um, he doesn't know if he can basically, what I was just talking about, right? He said he doesn't know if he can be that person day in and day out. Okay. Her issue is that she wants to be able to be Lindy, right? Excuse me, Lindy, not Mindy, Lindy. I was putting Miguel and Lindy together. Mindy, you get it? <laughs> she wants to be able to voice her frustration and be Lindy, be who she is. And she feels like she wants to be able to do that with feeling like, without feeling like every chance she does that, Miguel's going to bounce. So it's like, okay, well, how can I be me? When can I be me with you? Okay, not with other people. When can I be me with you and just exist without guards, right? And I want to take these guards off. Miguel, <laughs> Miguel's like, no, boo. I need you to keep the guards on because I'm scared. <laughs> I don't think I can handle you without the guards. So she wants to take off the guards. And he's like, no, 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 keep the guards on. But she's like, look, I just want to be me, right? She want to just free herself. But that's where she's trying to find the balance. Anyway, we'll move on. So they are on the couch. So we're about to wrap up. And they're talking. This is at the end of the episode. And so somehow they bring up the conversation uh, about control. And Lindy says that she feels that he wants to control her a lot. And she doesn't like that. And rightfully so, right? Who wants to feel controlled? 
Miguel is saying that, number one, I'm, my intentions is to never make you feel controlled. My intentions, excuse me, is never to control you. And I don't want you to ever feel like I'm controlling you, right? And he says, if you feel controlled, you should voice that. Anytime that you feel that way, whether it's me or anyone else, definitely voice that. And because that's, again, never my intentions. And she says she doesn't like being, and she says she equates it to, it's just like, I don't, because he said he doesn't want to be accused of, you know, being controlling. So then Lindy comes back and says, yeah, it's just like, I don't want to be accused of being disrespectful, right? Because she says, you're saying that I'm disrespectful to you because, you know, I easily get distracted and you said I'm not paying attention and that's rude, et cetera. And that's her gripe. So she's saying, okay, just like you're saying, you don't mean to be controlling. I feel that you are. I don't mean to be disrespectful when I get distracted. Okay. And I don't want you to say to people that, you know, I'm being disrespectful. So he says at no point have I said because his issue is I've never vocalized or said to anyone else. They're talking about the producers and other people like the family and friends on the show. He's and which is true. He's never said to anyone. She is so disrespectful. Right. And towards me, he'll talk about that with her. He says that, you know, she is distracting. Like when he's trying to share, or express something that, you know, she easily gets distracted. But he doesn't go on this. She's disrespectful, you know, raising his voice and saying that he, she knows she's disrespectful. And so his thing was, I don't do that, right? And so then <laughs> Lindy tried to have a comeback and say, well, just like I don't go around saying, oh, he's trying to control me. And then Miguel was like, well, uh, right. And then she's okay, no, you're right, you're right. <laughs> She, he had to call her out on it and he's like okay she's like okay no you're right you're right I have said that before <laughs> she has said it to her friends she has definitely said it to the producers on her one-on-one -on -one. so she was trying to make a point but then she's like okay no you're right never mind I, I, I do say it and in that tone and elevation to other people so yeah <laughs> so she's okay fine you win but Miguel's issue is it's not about who wins that's not what this is about um but yeah, I just thought that was funny. I just, of course, I laughed at that. So she asks, so when I start to get angry, right? So who am I supposed to talk to? And she said, I can't go to my friends or my family. You know, am I supposed to go see a counselor? Who do I unload all this crap on? And so he says, well, you can unload it and talk to me. And she's like, well, no, I, I don't want you to be my counselor. I want you to be my husband. And I don't want to unload on you all the time because we know when she takes that guard off, she's going to unload. And she's saying, you really don't want this unload. <laughs> so if you have an issue with me talking to my friends and going off, as you know that I can, then who do you want me to talk to? Where do I take all this energy? And I don't ever really think that they've ever really settled that other than him saying, well, you can talk to me, but I don't think that's true. And then, so he says, um, couples, this was at the end, we're at the end of, of Lindy and Miguel here, but he basically just says in a nutshell that, that in general, when people get married, couples have months and years to figure this stuff out, right? To work through these dynamics, like 
can what the Libos Candace her sister said earlier to work through these dynamics they have time it's basically what he's saying time is the essence but he's saying in our case we only have days to reinvent ourselves meaning that they only have you know one or two days to decision day to sit down in front of the expert and say whether or not they want to remain married or get a divorce and that means in one to two days we need to see because they're going to be spending time alone now we need to see do we have the tools do we have the patience do we have um the skills needed to make a marriage successful and to work through these challenges right and that's can we figure those dynamics out in the next one or two days and that's what he means by saying, you know, we have only a couple of days to reinvent ourselves before making the ultimate decision. But anyway, so that is the end of Lindy and Miguel. What do I think is going to happen with them? So I believe we, okay, there's going to be a yes and a no here. I believe that, and I could be wrong. Again, this is just my opinion and observation. I believe that Miguel will say no. And I believe that Lindy will say yes. Okay. Now, we know how some couples do when they're just trying to make it to get that extra bonus check, right? <laughs> At the end, they'll both just say yes. And then after a few months or a few weeks or whatever, they'll go ahead and say it didn't work out. So if they're being true to themselves and not doing it for the bonus check, then I would say Miguel's gonna say no and Lindy's gonna say yes. If they're gonna do it for the other reasons, then they're both gonna say yes and then Miguel will break it off uh, whenever that period is over where they can go their separate ways, okay? All right, so let's go ahead and uh, wrap this up. Okay, so we have arrived to the end of our podcast. I'm Married at First Sight podcast of the week. So I want to take a brief moment to thank you for your time and engagement. My podcast is new. And if you can take a few minutes to give me a five-star rating, if you agree, I would very much appreciate it. The rating does help other Married at First Sight listeners uh, to find the podcast. Again, thank you. Come back again next week and let's do this again. All right. Have a great day. Bye.